This pursuit of being filled to overflowing is the command of 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love. He says, seek me and I will be found by you. Ask and you will receive. Fill me with your love. Give me supernatural power to comprehend this love that passes knowledge. And he says, and I will continually fill you to overflowing with all the fullness of God. Last weekend, we had some wonderful testimonies. I was in Bathurst and... Uh, before our, the miracle meeting we did, I was asked, the pastors asked us if we'd go and pray for a couple, that um, beautiful elderly couple that um, the wife had been housebound for two years due to anxiety over some really tre tremendous traumas that she'd been through losing two children and it was just horrifically hard for her. And as a result though, fear had come in and she had not been able to leave the house for two years. And we saw the Lord just do an amazing deliverance. And that night, she and her husband walked into church early, stayed, left late, beaming, smiling. It was just a huge, huge breakthrough. And, and that, uh, that's just beautiful to see when God does things like that. And another lovely lady, she just wrote to us this week. Um, on the night, uh, she had come and she'd had multiple rounds of chemotherapy, th 35 years old, a big carcinoma on her leg. And um, it, that night, all the pain disappeared and she was crying. We said, what's wrong? She says, the pain's gone, the pain's gone. And then she wrote to us this week to say, I got home and I woke up the next morning and felt the scar where the surgery had been. There was a huge lump underneath it. She said, it's just all gone. The whole, the scar, I mean, not the, the scar, but the lump's all gone. The pain's all gone. And she's due to have a scan this week, which I think is just so wonderful. And uh, we did one of our um, monthly mentoring sessions with our partners this week and one of the ladies on the Zoom was a mother of a three-year-old I had the joy of praying for at the Greater Things event last year in Oklahoma and her son, you may have heard me tell the story, but we were just leaving the building and they'd gone to Tom and asked if I could, he could get me to come and pray and pray for her little three-year-old. I think it was actually her, grand, her parents who'd brought him and said, could you just pray for him? He's nonverbal, autistic, um, nonverbal, not able to eat solid food, never spoken. And just, it was a quick prayer as I walked out of the building. And well, we were on Zoom with her yesterday. And the next day, she'd woken up and she was, her, she was looking at her son and he was sitting by the, the window singing. And then, then she, he turns around to his mum and says, Mummy, look at the train. And he'd never spoken in his life. And she says he's, he's speaking in sentences, he eats solid food. It's just, it's a glorious miracle. And now uh, she's partnering with us, which is just so beautiful. Anyway, I think it's a good thing to think about and meditate on the good things that God does. He is a living God a real God who loves us and who cares about us. Hallelujah. And I, I never get over 
what the Lord does, the miracle working power of Jesus. He is, he is an amazing, amazing father, a good, good father. Anyway, I was preparing today for the message. As you know, anyone who knows me knows my life's a musical. And so I, there's, a so, I, there's always a song for everything. But I, I was just going to pray today. And I heard the Lord singing to me. You know, when it comes to worship, there's often, I've heard it expressed th- three sort of different types of worship that we could do, like um, you can have person-to-person worship where we'd sing, come and let us go, or lift up your hands, where we're exhorting each other. And that's legitimate worship. That's where we're encouraging and exhorting each other. Um, exalt the Lord our God. They're, that's all, we're singing to each other to encourage each other to exalt God, right? Then there's us to God worship, where we tell him, I love you, I love you, I love you. Or where we tell him, you are glorious, hallelujah, blessed be your name, where we sing and we express our love to him. But then sometimes there's God to us song, where he sings over us. Now Zephaniah says he rejoices over us with singing. He sings over us. And I heard him singing, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I knew it wasn't a song for me to sing to him. It was a song for me to open my heart and receive from him. And I find it extraordinary that God is so consistently kind so consistently kind. Sometimes we can think about the love of God and and get an idea of, yes, well, that's the elementary basic thing. I got that a long time ago. Yes, yes, moving on now. And forget that this receiving his love is the be all and end all of our relationship with him. And that Scripture tells us that if we can, if we've got faith that can move mountains, but we don't have love, we've got nothing. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. We're going to read some beautiful Scripture here. 1 Corinthians 13 is one that most of us would know. Verse 13 of 13 says this, But now faith, hope, and love abide, but are these three. But the greatest of these is love. Then verse 1 of chapter 14 says, Pursue love. We go on and we know, yes, and yet eagerly desire our spiritual gifts. But this command, pursue love, is what was really capturing my attention today. As I spent some more time just letting him love on me, letting him pour his love into my heart, I started singing an, a, um, a song I'd recorded, I think, back in 2007. It's a little while ago now. Uh, I, and uh, Richard Oddie wrote it, but I, I just loved it, and I, I recorded it. It's really simple. It was like, Jesus, you are beautiful to me. Jesus, you are wonderful 
to me. It's the Asta hymn worship. For you calm all my fears. When I call, you are there. And you pour your love into me. Jesus, you are beautiful to me. I just began to sing it again. For you calm all my fears. When I call, you are there. And you pour your love into me. Jesus, you are beautiful to me. And these words, you pour your love into me. The Holy Spirit just began to remind me and provoke me to remember that above all else, pursue love. Pursue allowing him to pour his love into us, to fill us to overflowing. You know, sometimes we can, we, I love to study, I love to learn, and there's so much to learn. There's so many wonderful things to explore in the Word of God. There's so much about Him. But without love, knowledge just puffs us up and makes us arrogant and proud know-it-alls. But the perfect love of God, wow, it casts out all fear. If you have a look with me in 1 John chapter 4, a beautiful passage here. I'm going to read. I'm going to read it all because it's beautiful. Starting in verse seven, beloved. Just pause and think about that for a moment. This is how God speaks to you. He calls you beloved, not like, "Hey, you." He looks at you, and he loves you. It's, it's still my favorite verse in the Bible where Jesus looks at the rich young ruler and it says, he looked at him and loved him. That undoes me because that's exactly my experience. He looks at me, he always looks at me and loves me with that look. When he looks at me, his love is, has no judgment in it, no condemnation, no anger, he looks at me and he is so much kinder than I feel like I deserve. Always, intensely, wildly, lavishly, seemingly irresponsibly, over the top in his kindness, his love. It, of course, it's not irresponsible, but in human understanding, we think that, you know, it, wouldn't it make more sense for him to be looking at us with a bit of, <sighs> but he never does. He never does. He looks at us and he loves us and he calls us beloved. Romans chapter 2 tells us that the love of God, the goodness and the kindness of God leads us to repentance. God's so much smarter than we are. He knows what is best for us, but he also knows that beating us over the head isn't going to produce the life and the joy that he desires for us. He knows that if we, he can capture our hearts with his love, then everything 
everything suddenly comes into clarity. We're able to do things that we couldn't possibly do out of our own strength or our own willpower because we are suddenly empowered and motivated by supernatural love. Hallelujah. I got stuck on beloved. <laughs> do not believe every spirit. No, I'm going back to seven. Beloved, it says it again. Let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We, can, we read about God's love and what love is. It's defined for us in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, it's kind, keeps no record of wrongs, long-suffering. This is the very definition of God who is love. It's not the attributes God has. It's actually the definition of who he is. He is patience personified. He is kindness personified. He is the one who keeps no record of wrongs. This is him. This is what love is. This is who God is. God is love. Don't switch off and say, yeah, yeah, I know this. I, I did that. I, you know, I thought I was raised in church. I, I thought I knew. I, yes, yes, I know that. Jesus loves me. This I know. Everybody does. Hallelujah. For the Bible tells me so. But I remember when I went to, um, I got a job as a high school teacher for a Christian school. And we were sent on orientation. And at the orientation, they told us, take 15 minutes and a piece of paper and go and ask the Lord what he's saying to you. And I thought, right, okay, I'm the Pentecostal in the room. I can go and do this. I can hear from God. All right, God, talk to me. Tell me what you want to say. And I heard him say, I love you. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, everyone knows that. But come on, I'm open. Talk to me. I know, you, I know there's a whole bunch of stuff about me you gotta, you got to hate. So I want to change that. I want to fix it. Come on, God. Talk to me. Cut me deep. I'm ready. I need it. Come on, talk to me, God. I love you. <laughs> Father, I'm serious. I'm open here right now, and I really do want to hear your voice. I'm sorry I got arrogant about that, Lord. I just actually really want to hear your voice. Talk to me, God. I love you. And I was so frustrated. I thought, really? And we had, I knew I had to go back to the group, and they'd say, so what did God say to you in 15 minutes? He said three words, I love you. And I didn't get it. I didn't understand it, but it was the words I needed to hear more than I understood. And you know what? Even after I had massive, glorious encounters with the love of God undoing me, delivering me, healing me, setting me free, I've never grown up enough to move past the need to hear him say, I love you. His heart for you, it's not some childish, weak thing. You were wired to be loved by God. Hallelujah. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one's seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and believe the love which God has for us. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. Have you come to know and believe the love that God has for you? I mean, beyond the head knowledge or the ability to quote the scripture, have you actually come to know and believe? You know, it takes humility to receive what you know you don't deserve. But if you will allow him, God wants to fill your heart with the faith to believe that he loves you. You see, that is the key to unlocking everything. Faith, hope, and love, it all stems from love. As we believe, suddenly we can have faith, we can have hope, because our faith isn't based on a theory or an idea, it's based on the one who looks at us and undoes us with a look. It's based on the one who looks at us and loves us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. What does it look like to abide in love? It can sound so spiritual. But it's easy sometimes to technically say, yes, well, yes, I abide in love, I abide in God, and I'm producing much fruit. But I believe that there is an invitation to actively every day surrender to the love of God. And abiding in love is actually an intentional faith step that God asks us to do multiple times a day. To <sighs> lean back into the arms of love and let him love you. To pray from a place of knowing I am dearly loved. I am loved, opening my heart to say, I receive your love. You might think, oh, I'd love to do that. Well, do, ask. Lord, help me to receive your love. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent your son for me. Thank you for your kindness. Ask, and then recognize when he moves and, and touches and does things for you. Think about the goodness of God. And ask afresh, Lord, fill me with your love. By this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. We often quote this verse, but this verse is never meant to be standalone. It is simply where we sit when we open our hearts and in faith abide in love. Only by abiding in love can we truly, deeply believe that as he is, so are we in this world. Because it goes on to say here 
There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. When we actively every day surrender to let him love us, Lord, I'm surrendering to your love. Love me. Help me to receive your love today. As we do that, as we actively do that, and he pours his love into us, as we do that, his perfect love casts out the fear of punishment, the fear of not being enough, of not being good enough, of not measuring up, of not being acceptable, because his perfect love casts out the fear that we believe somehow we are measured by our performance when in fact we are measured by his love. And when we believe how he feels about us, instead of holding on to sin and shame and, and whatever it is that isn't the kingdom of God, his perfect love, it casts out fear and it empowers us to surrender to this love that leads us to repentance, to surrender to this love that isn't trying to get good enough so it can be at rest in love, but is at rest in love and therefore, is releasing anything that doesn't match up with that to the Father. So many struggle, even with all of this knowledge, struggle as orphans who live on the outside, believing the lies of the enemy that would say, you're not enough, you're not good enough, you're, 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 you're somehow, not quite the, as good as other people, because I know what you did, I know what you did, I know what you did. It's called the voice of the accuser. But God comes with his perfect love and he overwhelms us. His love for us is beyond our ability to comprehend. And I believe it is this love that God wants to overwhelm you with. Jeremiah 29, 11, we read this the other night. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster. Plans to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and I will bring you home again to your own land. Isaiah 49, 14 says this, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my God has forgotten me. Sometimes we can feel like that. Oh God, what's going on? But God answers and this is what he says. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have not compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. This is Jesus, the one who still has holes in his hands. He says, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. I believe that there is a revelation of the love of God that all of us are yet to understand. 
God wants to continually fill us to overflowing with all the fullness of God. It's an ongoing thing, not a one-off revelation. Ephesians 3, that beautiful apostolic prayer I love to pray. Lord, empower me with might in my inner being that I may truly come to know, together with all the saints, Christ dwelling in my heart through faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend this love that passes knowledge, the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, this amazing love that we may be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. This pursuit of being filled to overflowing is the command of 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love. Because in pursuing love, making this your one thing, I receive your love today. I surrender to your love this morning. I lean back into your love this lunch hour. I lean into your love tonight. I lean into your love as I go to sleep. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your love. He says, seek me and I will be found by you. Ask and you will receive. Fill me with your love. Give me supernatural power to comprehend this love that passes knowledge. And he says, and I will continually fill you to overflowing with all the fullness of God, the fullness of God that will cast out the nagging little fears that like to hang around and see if they can pull you back into captivity. The nagging little fears, the nagging insecurities, the nagging worries. I believe the Spirit of God is here to set you free that the love of God, the perfect love of God will cast out all fear. Empower you to be able to walk in a supernatural peace that's beyond our ability to understand or even properly explain. A joy inexplicable and full of glory. A supernatural strength to overcome when circumstances and situations would tell you it's impossible. Yeah. All things are possible for those who believe, but that belief is empowered by the love of God. We love because he first loved us. And you don't have to live off the experience you had two years ago or five years ago or 20 years ago. God has love for you today that is waiting to be absorbed waiting to be, waiting to fill you. And it'll begin with your surrender. I want to finish today's program by telling you this powerful testimony. This baby was having up to 30 seizures a day and the medications were not working when God did the impossible. Her parents had brought uh, a photograph of their baby daughter to the meeting that we were doing in Atlanta and said, please, will you pray for our daughter, Josie? We don't know what we're going to do. So we prayed and we sent forth the word of healing. Well, immediately her seizures stopped. And a year later, they sent me a beautiful photograph of her on her birthday and she is still seizure free. That's a miracle. And God can do miracles in your life too.